Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I've got my friend Frank Sanders of Alaska Trophy Outfitters on the phone. Frank, how you doing? Oh, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. How about you, Jay? <laughs> That's hard for you. <laughs> I, I know. Once all the clients uh, are done in the dust settle, I start chasing stuff myself. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I saw you've been hunting all around. Um, the last time I saw you, uh, you had been to Mexico with us cooster hunting last January, and we had a ball down there in Sonora. Um, right. It was uh, a lot of fun down there. Uh, how did your uh, seasons go uh, up in Alaska? Well, we, we didn't see as many animals as I saw bucks in Mexico, I can tell you that. <laughs> that um Freaking astounding! I tell people how many bucks we saw down there, and they don't believe me. But um, anyway, <laughs> we 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 had a really good year. Um, it was an e- it was an even year, and so for those who don't know, um, one of my primary species is brown bear. And on even years, we hunt the Alaska Peninsula, and then it'll be open again this coming fall. So essentially, it gets about what sixteen eighteen month break there. But um, but we had a, a freaking tremendous spring. Um, it started out, you know, it was a warmer spring, and I thought, man, it's really going to take off, not a lot of snow. And in all honesty, the first few days were really slow, but when it started, I mean, it, it went wide open. Um, what was, the, what know, was g- the changing factor? Was it just it warmed up enough and the bears came out or what? You know, I'd like to act like I'm smart enough and have a good answer for you. Um, and, you know, typically I can think about something, you know, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I honestly don't know because there really wasn't a, um, you know, a lot of times you'll have cold, cold, and all of a sudden you get a warm snap, and I mean, you can literally, the grass comes out, you know, as you guys are aware of, you know, we have 20 plus hours of daylight, and so, you know, all of a sudden by the grass is shooting out of the ground, it's warm, you think, okay, here they come, but there really wasn't anything, you know, in particular, it was still kind of cool, um, you know, it didn't get real warm, but it didn't get real cold. It just, um, I honestly don't know what happened. I really don't. Uh, you know, we went from seeing a couple bears to uh, my first hunter. I think he shot on day four, and I stayed in camp because my next hunters didn't come in until it was obviously, what, a week later. And um, and then those guys, I had a couple guys, they shot on day one and day three. And, uh, and good bears. You know, we averaged, all of our bears were over nine foot this year. Um, and actually it was, it was odd the two biggest scold bears we killed were actually both 9-1 but old old bears um, so when bears big, get to a certain age uh, their skulls will still be giant but their bodies just start getting a little bit smaller I mean 9-1 is still a giant but is, is yeah. that kind of how it works you know, it, it must be because you look at some of these bears, especially some of the bears we kill on Kodiak, where it seems like they start to regress a little bit. Um, you wouldn't think a hide would get any smaller. And, and you know, bears are more, in, in that way, people-like. You know, they all vary. You know, you've got, you know, the long, lanky guys, that, you know, comparable to like a, a basketball player, you know, that are going to go over 10 foot, but they're, you know, they're lean. Um, on the peninsula, we call and those moose the dark, Holborn, so, the dark Holborn bears? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Maybe Jay Piper. Shots fired. Shots fired. Right. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. You know, just this short. So you got the Shaquille O'Neal affairs and then the Dark Holborn affairs. That's what you're saying, and they're both yeah. adult men. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. But let's and back and up and a second, Frank. Go ahead. Go. I was going to say. I better be careful. You know, I might have to go hunt with Dar again, so we got to be careful on that one. Yeah, you don't want to hack him off too bad. Um, <laughs> let's back up a second. So you offer brown bear hunts, um, and then you also do grizzlies or only brown bears. And explain, you have a couple different areas, or tell us, tell us, I, kind of fill us in on that. I do. Um, and, and things have changed just a little bit, and we're working on the changes right now. Um, but in a nutshell... I do. I do brown bears, and I have the Alaska Peninsula. Um, we do some stuff in an area called Unit 16. It's been hunted pretty hard, but they actually just regulated it again. And our last two hunts, we've killed real good bears. But my primary two areas are um, the Alaska Peninsula and then Kodiak. And um, where I more or less started was a grizzly area. And so my partner actually got that area back again. Um, our demand for grizzlies has been... I mean, you know, obviously since BC shut down, it is really, really, there's been a lot of it. And so um, we are going to start offering some grizzly hunts. Um, you know, we've got the area. We have it uh, registered, you know, for guiding. And um, like I said, we're still working out the details on it. He's actually coming down here in a couple of weeks after Christmas, and we're going to get it squared away. But, but, yeah, what we've done and where we've been, you know, this last 15 years is, you know, we hunt brown bears. Uh, moose and mountain goat, and we do a few black bear hunts here and there, but um, but our main things are our brown bears. That's our big one. And then, um, like this year, we took I had four goat hunters, and um, we killed four real good billies all over nine inches. And then um, it was my as I'll back up to where I was earlier on the Alaska Peninsula on these even years of the times where I sneak out a little bit in the fall. And so they're my elk years, but I still took one moose hunter, and he killed a great bull. And so, just a it was a really good year. It really was. Looking forward ahead, um, can people just call you up and say, "Hey, I want to hunt brown bear"? And if so, do you have a few openings uh, or any slots that, uh, if people were interested in hunting, they could call and talk to you more about it? Absolutely, and you know. Um, our deadline, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, you know, but our controlled hunt deadline is coming up. And the difference between Kodiak and the Alaska Peninsula, the Alaska Peninsula is an over-the-counter tag. Um, you know, guys can plan it. They can say, hey, you know, I want to hunt fall of 2021 or spring of 2020, um, or I've got a couple openings for fall of 19. Um, so they can do that for the guys that want to plan. A lot of guys really want to hunt Kodiak. Um, as far as the bears go, we're killing the same size bears. Skull size is a little better on Kodiak, but, you know, when you, when you talk about a bear skull, you look at some of the ones we killed this year, you know, 27 to 27 and three quarters, you know, you talk about a bear being 28 and an eighth. I mean, three-eighths of an inch difference is what we're looking at, Kodiak. But, but some guys want to make Boone and Crockett. Um, but like I said, Kodiak is a draw. Our deadline's coming up here. I think it's the 17th this year. I'd have to look. It's usually around the 15th. I tell guys, hey, you know, let's get it done early. But if guys wanted to call and talk about brown bear hunting um, or even mountain goat, you know, heck yeah, they can call. Okay, cool. And um, you talked, you know, these brown bears, 
you've been doing this for a long time. What was it first that got you, you know, so pumped about brown bear honey? I've talked to a lot of people, and they always say, um, once you brown bear hunt, like, that's all you think about. What is it about those bears that just gets under your skin and makes it just, like, that's all you want to do? You know, it's hard to explain, you know, because it's not like we're looking for a, you know, a 380 bull or a, or a 190 buck. Um, just, I don't know. It's a, I, I think it's a respect factor um, as well as, you know, kind of an awe factor also. They, they demand freaking respect. I, some of the things I've seen them do over the last, gosh, I think this is 22 years now. Um, yeah, it just, uh, th- that's got to be what it is. Uh, you know, there's not one thing where I can say, hey, you know, but I've had those big bears, you know, from everywhere from two, three yards, you know, all the way out there watching them. And yeah, just a really freaking cool animal. You can't. We're talking about an animal, like when you're shooting them nine foot plus, like we're talking what? 2,000 pounds, 1,500 pounds? Like what, if, you know, you, know, uh, you can't take a scale out there. But what are we talking, 1,000 pounds? I, I would say from 1,000 to 1,200 uh, on those okay. bigger, those real big boars. You know, you get into the springtime and some of these bears, uh, I don't know the exact number. It's said that they'll gain up to 25% of their body weight towards the fall. And so, um, you know, you look at a, a six, 700-pound bear, you know, it'd be close to a thousand pounds in the fall. Right. Yeah. The and in the in the different areas that you hunt and the different times of year, how much of your strategy is glassing? Talk a little bit about like how does you know what are they ten day hunts or two week hunts? How long are they and kind of what what is a, a day of brown bear hunting consist of? Whether it be spring or fall, and if there's differences. You know, you spend. You spend the majority of your time behind glass. One thing that I tell a lot of hunters is we're not going to go, you know, marching up and down these valleys and, you know, looking behind this, this, you know, alder bush and behind that little ridge. We're going to spend a lot of our time sitting. And I tell a lot of people, tons of people can relate to whitetails. And I said, they're the same. If not, you know, they have a better nose than a whitetail. I said, you bump them once. You might see him again. You bump the price and never see him again. And so, you know, a typical day, we're going to get up, especially in the spring. Sometimes it's even a little later in the morning. We'll glass first thing. Majority of the bears we see are late, late at night. But um, most every camp we have, other than one, we've either got a rock outcropping, you know, a higher ridge, a knob. And a lot of these camps, I started in these camps in 1996, we, they're what we call nests because we spend so much time in these spots. And occasionally you get somebody who looks at you and they're like, why are we doing this? I said, because it freaking works. And so the majority of our time is spent. It's uh, on our smart end. Um, most all the camps are wall tents. And so we've got some good, comfortable camps. You know, go back, kick back in the tent if you want to change your gear out or hang it up to dry it. Uh, do that, have lunch. And a lot of times we'll have a packer along. So there's almost always somebody on glass because I'm sure, as, as you've seen, um, you know, you're five, four or five days into a hunt. It seems 
I don't want to say tedious, but it can seem tedious. And literally in 20 seconds, it went from most boring and tedious hunt in the world to the best hunt in the world. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, they're all 10-day hunts. Um, that's 10 full days. Guys fly into camp the day prior, fly out the day after. And most of our camps, like I mentioned, are wall tents. On Kodiak, we do use some standard tents. And um, I'm actually working with the state right now to look at getting permitted to do some some structures there. We'll see how that goes. But, um, but yeah, even Kodiak, same thing. You fly into Kodiak, and then we just fly straight out of town in the float plane. Um, on all the Alaska Peninsula hunts, they are all accessible via Super Cub. And so hunters fly into Anchorage and catch a commuter flight to Kenai, where I pick them up, and typically we'll stay overnight there fly out the following day, and um, we'll either go straight in a cub, depending on the camp, or we'll shuttle out. Hunters can take a, we'll send either a beaver or a bush hawk out, and then from that point, we'll have a shuttle strip, and we'll shuttle them into camp with a cub. And um, all those hunts are also all one-on-one, and that's, you know, there's nobody else in the camp also. The hunter, when a hunter books that brown bird hunt, he has that camp to himself. He's not sharing them with anybody. No. I know you get asked this question a lot, but, you know, typically, like, what's your success rate in hunters having the opportunity to harvest a bear? Knock on frickin' wood, like I am right now. I've only had two hunters that have not shot bears. Um, one of them had opportunities, and he was looking for a true giant bear. And then um, the other was one this spring, and um, he did. He never had an opportunity. He couldn't hunt the whole time frame, but I told him, come the latter part, and, um, um, and like I said, he had to leave early. And so, you know, whether he would have got an opportunity then, you know, for the guys who stayed the whole time, I mean, we shot 100% bears. And, uh, but, yeah, as for that one, that's the only, one of the only ones. Like I said, you know, Hard to say, but as well as things went, I'm pretty freaking sure he would have shot a bear. So yeah. you spend um, a, you spend a, a half the year or some of the year uh, in California. Have any of those fires gotten anywhere close to you, or or have you had any effects of those fires? You know, last year uh, the big fires, the Tubbs fire, and the one that came from Santa Rosa, got close to the house and. And I was actually in Alaska and through almost November 1st, and, um, and she had to evacuate a couple times, mandatory. And then this year, um, none of them have been real close to us. The closest one is Chico, you know, obviously the Paradise Fire, which everyone's well aware of. And I went to school in Chico, and so I've got some friends in the area. And actually, I have a few friends that um, uh, lost everything. You know, every every freaking wow. thing. But but as far as us, yeah, being right here, um, no, it's you know we're a little, we're a little ways away from it. But uh, what? Yeah, it's this devastating. fall, I saw you did quite a bit of hunting. Um, where were you bouncing around, and did you have some good times? What were you hunting? I did. I um, you know, I had best laid plans with some odds that I had and points I had. I mean, I had a I had it all figured out. And um, y'all, we all know what happens to the best laid plans. And so I, after finding out I didn't draw a few tags, I put in, I cashed in my Wyoming antelope points and 
and shot a beautiful antelope with my bow. Um, I chased some elk around, and speaking of fires, I actually I got burned out of my first area, so I went to another area and got in a day and a half, and, and it caught on fire. So I started to think that maybe I have something to do with this problem. But uh, yeah, I took off and went down to New Mexico and, um, and chased elk around with a muzzleloader, which was the very first for me, which was fun. Fun. We um, shot a nice six-point bull and um, then went to Colorado last month with actually one of the guys who's hunted bear with me and moose and uh, got really lucky. He killed a really nice deer. Uh, and, Tell me about it. Yeah, I'm not get, sure I saw it. Um, you know, it was kind of a... A mule deer uh, or whitetail? Yeah, yeah, mule deer. Um, so I went for the last three days of season. I was on the, the very border of the east side, and um, I, I'll back up a little bit. I haven't been shooting my bow much because I have some shoulder issues, and the doctor said, hey, let's, you know, let's try something here. And so I laid off the bow, and, of course, I take this gun that's sighted in for 4,000 yards and all this, and I shoot this buck at 50 yards, um, cringing, you know, because I wish I had my bow. But I, um, I passed up quite a few bucks, a lot of bucks in the area, and it was the third day, last day, midday, went and took a walk up and came out across this little bluff and instantly see this bush shaking. I mean, like I said, 50 yards away. So, you know, even I was smart to figure out, well, it's probably a buck. And so I knelt down, and all I saw was his top end, and that's all I needed to see. You know, the guy, the outfitter was there, and it was funny because he said I was kind of picky, you know, joking around, great guy. And uh, he said, you're awfully picky because I'd passed up so many bucks. And this buck lifted, I saw its top end. And he, he said the funniest part was we'd seen the deer about four seconds, and I said, I'm going to shoot that one. <laughs> he goes, what? I, I said, I'm shooting that one. He goes, well, let's get a better look at it. I said, there's no need to keep looking. And um, he's a really unique buck. The pictures don't really do him justice because he's, he's only 23 outside and I think 18 inside. But his back tines are, I want to say his twos are around 19, and his threes wow. are around 15. Yeah. And um, what I thought was lacking, which I didn't care, you know, it didn't matter to me at that point, was, you know, we got up to him and he actually got bigger and bigger. I'm sitting here staring at him um, where, where his main beams looked really short. And I thought, well, you know, that's too bad. I thought he might have even been a three-pointer when I first saw him with, you know, just giant backs. And what really fooled me was when I put a tape on him, and the main beams were 20, I thought they were about 18 to 20, and they were uh, 24 and 22. And um, gotcha. a great buck. Heavy buck? Yeah. 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 He's he's not massive, massive, but, you know, he's not, he sure is not spindly. I'll tell you that. So, um, yeah, one of the better bucks I've ever killed, for sure. So, well, how'd the um, black kill at home, uh, usually you have some pretty good black kill, and how was it this year? Was it an off year? Or? No, it was, a, it was a good year. Um, I didn't have the time like I had. You know, this year in Alaska, I, I spent some more time fishing. I guided fly-out fishing trips, and so I didn't have the time, but I, I killed a tremendous buck right off the bat. Um, not a high-scoring buck, but he's got essentially like triple eye guards, and if you can call it that, one parallels the main beam, but, um, but a really good deer. And then um, my best friend, he killed one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen there. 
No, it's the biggest buck we've ever seen there. And then my cousin, he killed one that's pushing 150. And so, wow, really, really good year. Yeah, yeah, really good have year. You, have you been duck hunting a bunch so far? Not, not a ton. I've been out a few times. It's been, it's been good. Um, California didn't get a lot of water. And so um, the couple times, you know, I've, I've had some really good invites. I just haven't been able to make it with timing. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I was in Colorado there for, for a few days and, uh, and missed a couple of the openers. But, but there's, there's definitely some birds in now. And, uh, yeah, so no complaint that I'm taking off tomorrow to go hunt free-range oddhead sheep. So I, I'm not going to well, complain. Have you done that before? One. You know, I, I did. Um, I went in 2010, and this is kind of a, kind of a crappy deal. But um, my best friend and I went, and actually uh, one of the guides, Joe, and we went to a ranch, and uh, my best friend actually had a heart attack on the hunt first day and passed away. And oh, so, nice. yeah, so I've always wanted to go back. We were down at a was it Marfa Presidio area, and, um, yeah, so I've always wanted to go back, and, and it worked out this year. Um, I was working with him. Well, talking with a mutual friend of ours, you know, Brendan Burns, and um, he was actually, we were actually going to try to hunt together, but, you know, after what's happened this year uh, with Jason and everything, you know, some stuff's changed, so so I'm going to run down there solo and see what kind of damage I can do. I'm really looking forward to it, though. I know that um, I'm taking my bow. I started shooting about five days ago again after the shoulder deal, and um, it's shooting good enough that if I miss, it's not the bows, not the bow. Oh. <laughs> Brandon always says you're the best shot that he knows that doesn't use a peep sight. <laughs> it is kind, yeah, Isn't that I mean, right? kind of an anomaly. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's weird, but yeah, I don't shoot a peep. I tried one one time, and I shot pretty good with it. I was kind of getting used to it, and. You know, back to the blacktail thing, we had a, a buck that was, at the time, one of the best I'd ever seen. We're talking about 75 years ago when I was a kid. And uh, <laughs> he freaking was walking an old two-track. I mean, I had him, we didn't, you know, this is back before trail cameras and all that, but I, I pretty well had him, you know, pegged. And he walked by the stand 15 minutes into shooting light, but with the canopied oaks, he was hard to see. And I kept looking alongside, kept looking, kept looking. He got by me. And literally, you know, goes 400 yards and walks, you know, same shoe track right by the neighbor, and he killed him. And ever since then, I took the peep off, and I just, I've never shot one. I never have. Wow. Uh, yeah, Brendan, for Brendan to say you're the best shot he's ever seen without a peep, uh, he says you're an unreal shot. So, I mean, Brendan's a heck of an archer himself, so I'm sure you're really good yeah. for him to say that. Well, coming from him, I mean, that guy, I'm, we're not going to sit around and kiss the breeze, but, but I'll tell you, that guy's as freaking good as they've ever been. Not as good as yeah. they get. He's as good as they've ever been. He is. Yeah. Nothing yeah, but respect. For sure. Wow. But, um, yeah. Well, man, so, it's um, awesome to talk to you and uh, excited for you to get down there on the out ad after um, what happened with your buddy. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's always fun hearing your stories. It was, it, we had such a good time last year in Mexico with you down there and, um, Oh, that was a freaking, yeah. what an awesome, awesome cool. trip. 
Yeah. If anybody wants, you know, wants to call and talk about the draw, like I said, it's coming up, I think, December 15th or 17th, somewhere in there, um, you know, for GOAT or Kodiak. We've got a couple spots that opened up for Kodiak, um, some guys that are swapping over, and so kind of late in the game. That's the only tough thing about our draw being when it is now, you know, like we're going to be at the Sheep Show this year, uh, February, what, 7th, 8th, 9th, I think. But everything we see or everything we deal with then, you know, it's obviously post-draw. But, um, but yeah, some, anybody wants to talk about it, give me a holler. And, um, and yeah, and I truly appreciate it, Jay, very much. Um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? You know, they can call me at, at the 907-252-7413, or they can email me at theoutfitalaska at gmail.com. Um, and I know we've talked about it a little bit. I'm not sure how my service is going to be. I'm hunting for four days. And so essentially tomorrow, Thursday through Tuesday, I might be in and out. But, yeah, if guys want to leave a message, um, you know, I'll definitely get back to them as soon as I can. Like I said, I can't speak for how the service is down there. But, um, but yeah, I'll definitely call them back. And what shows are you going to be at? You mentioned Sheep Show. I'll see you there. I'm going to be there for a couple of days. What other – are you going to any other shows? You know, I'll probably, I don't do a lot of shows, you know, being a smaller outfitting business and um, a lot of our stuff being word of mouth. But what I typically do is uh, I go to one or two of the shows and I'll talk with guys and meet them. So I'm, I'm obviously I'll have a booth at the Sheep Show this year. We'll be in booth 880. But um, I'll also be at the Hunt Expo for, typically I go for two days. Um, I go and you know, meet meet up with guys that I've talked to. You know, they can put a, a face with the name and um, throw my name in the hat for all the hunts, of course. I tell my wife it's business. But, um, but yeah, so those guys right now, those will be the two I'll be at. I might make it to SCI for about a day and a half. I'm going to see what happens. But, um, right but as of right now, just the sheep show and then the, uh, the hunt expo there in Salt Lake. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be at both of those, so I look forward to seeing you there for sure, and it's always a great time around uh, with you, and I want to thank you for the goat hunt that Darren and I did uh, two years ago. That was a that was a great time and a hoot, and um, it's, it's always fun seeing you. Um, I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, uh, the gear shop. My friend Cody Nelson is the optics manager. Uh, if you need anything with binoculars, spotting scopes, tripods, rifle scopes, anything to do with optics, you can give Cody a call at 702-847-8747, extension 2. You can send him an email at optics at gohunt.com. Uh, I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's Kuyu, K-U-I-U.com. That's the gear that Dar and I wear on all our hunts. Uh, I know, Frank, you like the gear as well. I uh, also want to thank uh, Phonescope.com. If you use the J. Scott 18 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. CanyonCoolers.com, based right out of Flagstaff, Arizona, use the J. Scott promo code for a 10% discount. And then OnyxMaps.com, uh, if you use the J. Scott 18 promo code, you're going to get a 20% discount. Frank, uh, love seeing your big bears and love talking to you on the phone. You truly have a great passion for hunting and um, uh, the excitement always on every hunt you're ever on is always fun to watch how much you love it, and uh, it's always great talking to you. I look forward to seeing you at 
the sheep show and um, have fun on the out ad hunt, okay? All right. Sounds good, Jay. Take care. All right, buddy. God bless. Take care. You too. Bye.